We believe that you are strong by design and you were made in God's image to have a strong body, mind, and spirit. You're listening to the number one strength and health authority podcast in the world. So let's get ready to unlock your potential and transform your life in today's episode. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Strong by Design podcast. I'm your host today, Coach Chris Wilson, and I am jacked up right now. I'm so super pumped, probably because I've had a lot, too much coffee, um, but I'm really just so uh, grateful for this opportunity to be in the room with these three, actually four guys, uh, but the, the three men uh, that you know of, when, it, when you think of the best show that comes to mind when you think fitness, health, strength, muscle, uh, everything, growth, mindset training. Uh, the men of Mind Pump uh, are here with me right now. I'm actually with them up in San Jose, and they uh, were gracious enough to have me as a guest today. So we are recording this uh, rem- remotely uh, here in uh, wonderful San Jose, California. So, uh, gentlemen, welcome. Great to have you. I got uh, Adam to my left. I got Sal and Justin to my right. Sal, yeah. Uh, thanks for having us yeah, on. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Yeah, much appreciated. <clears throat> uh, it's just, it's just so great. I, I love this opportunity, and uh, I've really grown to become a super fan of yours. Uh, as I know, you have hundreds of thousands of those uh, with your great <laughs> success. I, I want to, because people listening maybe aren't familiar with Mind Pump. They haven't found you yet. Uh, I don't know how they've missed you. You guys are typically number one in fitness every single day I look, (laughs) uh, which is awesome. Uh, Strong by Design is a little bit more, um, I say a little bit more, I mean, we're fitness and health, but we go in the the faith side. We go in a lot of different stuff, business, uh, but you guys dominate in the fitness strength, you know, uh, sorry, the fitness uh, category. And, uh, but what I'd love to do is a proper uh, introduction or a quick bio so to speak, for each one of you guys. So if we could just fly around the room so our listeners get to know each of you a little bit better, um, uh, I'd love to. So maybe, Adam, let's start with you, my man. Yeah, so I'm the youngest of the crew. Uh, I'm the one who's still in his 30s. The rest of these guys are really old. <laughs> <Right>. so, <laughs> Stuff out in our face. Yeah. Uh, serial entrepreneur, right? I think uh, that's the one thing you'll find in common with all of us. Uh, that and that we've been personal trainers for two decades. So been personal training people in person, uh, for two decades. And really what I think brought us all together was was that was when we looked at the podcasting space, <clears throat> we really didn't see anybody having the similar conversations that we were having with our clients for two decades. Um, you had some really high level podcasts that were out there that were that were getting into the deeper science. And then you had some out there that were just kind of goofy and fun and entertaining and comedy. We kind of wanted to find something in the middle and there really wasn't a lot out there. We thought that we could bring that conversation. We thought that the three of us had enough of a diverse background from each other, had all the experience of uh, teaching people in person and wanted to really educate the masses while also making it enjoyable to listen. Right. So we knew that if we were going to keep these people coming back uh, day after day, listening to the show, that it would have to have some sort of an entertainment value to it. And then also give them something that they feel like they walk away with something that they can apply to their lives. And that's really what kind of brought uh, all of us together. And uh, we, we all were doing different things. We all had different careers and jobs that uh, we had success in. And it was kind of a passion project when we first started. And we started in Doug's living room. And we started uh, just putting it out there to see uh, if there was people that wanted the same type of content. 
and the thing just kind of organically grew uh, day over day and, and week and month over month. Yeah, yeah. I, I think as personal trainers, and you, you, you know exactly what I'm about to say here, um, it got really frustrating to constantly have to dispel the myths uh, that are out in, in popular fitness with my clients. Mm-hmm. You know, they would come in and talk about the ne- this diet that my friend did or the supplement, or I read that this is the type of uh, workout that I should be doing for the goals that I want. I'd have to constantly dispel these myths over and over again. And when we started the podcast, the fitness space was so dominated, uh, at least the mainstream fitness space was so dominated by so much terrible information. And we saw podcasting as an opportunity. The, the barrier to enter was low. We didn't have to sell anything um, to get on and to air our episodes. We could be as honest and raw and frank uh, as possible. And all the stuff Adam said, you know, about making people want to come back and have fun listening to the podcast. This is what you learn as a trainer. You know, uh, you, you got to be a good trainer, but your client also has to want to come and see you two or three days a week for years. They have to enjoy what they're doing, not just the workout, but actually enjoy you. And so we took that to the podcast. You know, what you have is, is three guys and four, if you include the producer, mm-hmm. with zero media experience, mm-hmm. uh, but lots of experience communicating the right information in fitness in ways that were effective. And that's really the key is uh, how do I compete you know, here I am trying to tell you how to lose 30 pounds and it's going to take you a year and I've got to compete with this ad over here that says it's going to take you 15 days. How do I compete with that? Well, I got to be able to sell my idea better, communicate it better, and I need to be able to uh, provide uh, more value um, than they do. So that's what we did with the podcast and um, we didn't know if it would work and I'd, I'd lie if I was saying, you know, if I said that we didn't, you know, we didn't, we, we didn't know necessarily, we were very confident, I'm not going to lie, we're very confident what we do. <laughs> But uh, truth be told, uh, it was an experiment, and it worked, and it resonated, yeah. um, and it looks like people do want to hear what's truly effective. Of course, they want to be entertained, too. So that's what you're left with now. Well, with really, podcast. we just all had in common how much we love to help people, and we love to uh, you know, help guide people to better information, and, and that was the starting point for us all in our uh, individual careers, uh, coaching clients and trying to kind of troubleshoot through all these barriers of, uh, you know, where people get led astray, where they get pulled into a lot of the gimmicks out there. And uh, we're trying to, you know, present something that's honest and it's, it's what needs to be said. And, and it just wasn't out there at the time. And um, there was a lot of really good information, but it was not very popular. And, uh, you know, there the ones that were popular were these gimmicks and these, these quick fixes and, uh, you know, and they're very entertaining and they, they grab your attention. Uh, so we, we tried to think like, is there a way that we can, we can get that type of a person that's drawn to that, but bring them into better information. And so this is sort of the hybrid of, uh, where we were like, well, let's just talk to people like we would our own clients yeah. and, and have, you know, honest conversations, have fun with it. Uh, and then, you know, sprinkle in a lot of truth and, and that's pretty much what created the show. Yeah. Now one element, one component that we're not touching on, which, uh, I think, uh, I don't know, I guess you could label it X factor or whatever is the, the chemistry that we all had, uh, was, was very real. Um, I didn't know these guys before we started the podcast. I knew of them. We all worked in the same space and we were all somewhat known locally, um, cause we had worked in fitness for a long time in the, in this area. Um, uh, so I knew of them and I had respect, uh, for them because of what I had heard, never met them before really in person. And, uh, we all sat down in a room together the first time and it was, uh, instant chemistry. We had a great conversation. It was a lot of fun. So I think that little extra, you know, cherry on top 
really is what uh, made this kind of evolve. And even now, it's kind of interesting. It's very surreal, right? I, I, it's weird that I, I talk in a microphone and I'm on a camera uh, for a living, but yeah. it works, and we're helping people. Uh, we meet people all the time. You know, we do these. We used to do these live events. Of course, we don't do them now because of uh, all the regulations. But we would do these live events, and we get to meet these people that we're impacting. It's like we're actually doing something. This yeah, is actually it's working. Real. Yeah. Really, really exciting. It, it is. It's uh, it, when you go into this, uh, whether it's podcasting or what we do, a critical bench. You know, it's online marketing, right? You make fitness and wellness, uh, strength, muscle programs for people and sell it globally, and you never really get that. That uh, firsthand uh, reward uh, system, right? You know that we're so used to as oh, we all worked with clients in a one-on-one setting. You know, you work with them two, three, four times a week, constantly getting the that that firsthand account of wow, look look at these people leveling up and changing their lives and all that stuff. And you don't see it so much in this setting. However, it's happening on a much bigger scale. And when you finally get to feel some of that, uh, it's probably just wow. Well, I remember it was a, a big shift for us in our business. I remember that uh, we weren't going to do it. Uh, in fact, it costed us money to do it, so to fly somewhere and host a big event. It was a money loss. Yeah, was, yeah, we were losing at it, and we said, oh, you know, let's let's just try it. Let's see, let's do it and see how we feel, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. And I, I remember nobody was actually honestly that excited to do it because we know it was losing the business. It was taking time from other things that we needed to be doing. And then we got there and, and we got to see, you know, I think the first one we did, we had about 120 people or whatever that were there and uh, were lining up out the building to, to talk and to meet us. And it reminded us, it was like, uh, if I never felt that, I felt smaller versions of this as a trainer, you know, training one-on-one. I mean, when you're training one-on-one, you maybe have 20 to 30 people in your portfolio at a time. And of that 20 to 30, you might change three to four's lives forever, you know, like really impact them. The the committed ones. Right, right. Like really fundamentally change them to cry, hug, tear type of deal, right? Well, when we would go to these events, it's that's who shows up to these things. So it would be this overwhelming feeling of all the best clients that you got uh, all in one room. And so, I mean, we we, every time we went, we'd all get emotional over it and it would give us this incredible rush and uh, and energy afterwards back into the business, and so uh, we absolutely love to be able to get it's out the, there. And it's see why them. we do this. It's it, it's what drives us. It really is, and it's uh, it's sometimes you move away from that when you don't get to really see people in front of you, but that's what drives us. I mean, we we started this, and we didn't make a single cent for an entire year. You know, mm-hmm. recording five podcasts a week and. Mm-hmm doing videos and this was after work all of us had our own jobs i owned a, a wellness studio at the time so we'd meet up at like seven o'clock at night and we'd yeah, record we'd do till, like three in a row yeah we'd record till 11 or 12 o'clock at night and record episodes back to back and no money for a full year doing this all have you know families i had kids you know and um, but we did it and uh, we loved it and we got some feedback and then it turned into something uh, but the whole driving force behind it is the same exact driving horse behind why we were all trainers in the first place. That has not changed. And meeting people, uh, it just it, it grounds us again. It reminds us why we're doing this. No, so true. And, and if you're having a bad day and you start to lose that, uh, that those reasons for, for doing what you do and the, the passion that you, that you can bring to it, just go and read a few reviews. Right. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Just go and read a few. Go read 10. Take a minute and be like, okay. Wow. All right. Now I'm ready. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just kind of that constant reminder and that, that, that you know, the, the gratitude uh, that that has to be there. Because when you're living in the, in gratitude, you can't be 
in, a, in a, another state. Right. You know, it's like one of the most powerful emotions. It, it just fills you up with all that energy and, and drive uh, to just keep going and, right. and, and making a difference, which is awesome. Uh, I want to, so, uh, so quickly, obviously we got going in the conversation, which is uh, so uh, just going to happen naturally. You know, Adam got to share a little bit uh, of himself in the beginning. Sal uh, is, is sitting to my right here and you were kind of the skin, you were the skinny guy who, who needed to to try and get some muscle on when you in, in your younger years. That's huh? how I started as a, as a kid. I'm the wise one of the group. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's really what I wanted to get to. Uh, that's also that's he looks code, like an owl. That's code for <laughs> code for old. Uh, but now um, I started as uh, uh, as a kid, uh, insecure kid, uh, working out. Uh, 14 years old, skinny. Started working out in the in my backyard. Fell in love with uh, the weights mainly because it made me feel very empowered. Right. So something about myself I didn't like. I found a way to change that, and it was within my control. And then I became utterly obsessed. And I tend to have that kind of personality where if I get into something, I really get into it. Yeah. And I studied it. I mean, I read every single publication. I subscribed to you know, Iron Man and Flex Magazine and Muscle and Fitness and Muscle Media 2000 and Muscle Mag and every single magazine you could think of. And I bought all the old school bodybuilding books. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Encyclopedia of Body, Bodybuilding is one of my favorites. Um, I bought chemistry books to learn about supplements and did the whole thing. By the time I turned 18, I, I literally waited. I was like, okay, because I wanted to work as a trainer. I at least wanted to work in a gym, but they wouldn't hire me because I wasn't 18. So as soon as I turned 18, I walked in, introduced myself to the manager, got hired. And within four months, I was managing uh, the fitness department and absolutely fell in love. I, uh, it was uh, I, At that moment, I felt like this was what I was supposed to do. Um, I worked all day, all night if I could, um, never ran out of energy. It was so passionate. I was so passionate about what I did. I loved it so much. Um, and I continued, uh, doing that. I continued working through fitness. One thing that I love, uh, a lot, uh, so much about fitness is it, 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 if you're a trainer and you really truly want to help other people, you can't help but transform, uh, yourself as a person. And so that's a lot of what happened. What got me into fitness isn't what kept me into fitness. You know, I, I evolved from the insecure kid to uh, becoming self-centered and wanting to become this buff guy to uh, eventually learning that that's not the root, that's not really the core of what I do. And um, I learned how to care about myself as if someone I cared about. And this is what I communicated to my clients um, and uh, manage gyms. I had a wellness studio I owned for about 15 years. Um, and then, you know, of course, we, we started Mind Pump and, and the rest is history. But yeah, it's uh, uh, fitness is such a wonderful uh, entry point into personal growth. And I, I say that because it's sneaky. You know, somebody doesn't – a lot of people don't go into fitness thinking I'm going to – this is personal growth. They go into it thinking mm-hmm. I'm going to look better or I'm going to make my butt look better or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get leaner or whatever. But if they stay on it long enough, uh, fitness is all about personal growth. And before you know it, mm-hmm. you develop a relationship with fitness then you develop a, a better relationship with yourself and the people around you, the nutrition – then next thing you know, you're looking at spiritual health, you're looking at relationship health, and uh, you start to realize that this health really encompasses uh, everything. Um, and so it's still a journey, still on this journey. Um, and in fact, if you listen to Mind Pump for the last four or five years, 100% you've heard the three hosts go through this fitness journey over the last five years. Uh, although the core of what we say probably hasn't changed much, a lot of the conversations around it have changed, and you can hear us even change as individuals because we're constantly pushing uh, 
uh, to change and grow. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I just feel very blessed. You said gratitude. That's definitely the, that's definitely the feeling. <laughs> yeah, that I'm getting that sense of, of gratitude from you right now. I, it's uh, but that that's great, and you know, it's the staying humble too because. Um, you know, there's just so ma- so many blessings, so many things to be grateful for, and and that transformative that m- mindset change that happens to us when we stay disciplined and we see the physical transformation mm-hmm. through our exercise. Uh, I'm as the you most said, humble. It bleeds. You're the <laughs> certainly. I'm the humblest. It bleeds. <laughs> Number one. It bleeds over in all all areas of our lives, yes. right? And um, it does. And, and 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 when people see that. Um, see why you're doing what you're doing and 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 that it's it just fills you up uh then they, they can't help to want to be around that mm-hmm. uh not just because you look good because you make them feel good about what they're uh, trying to accomplish our team would like to thank you so much for listening to the strong by design podcast and if you're enjoying today's show please share this episode with at least one friend or family member who will benefit from this message. And please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Go to strongbydesignpodcast.com. That's strongbydesignpodcast.com. Let's get back to the show. So, Justin, uh, I want to get to know you a little bit better, man. So, what uh, what got you going in in the world that that we're in uh, of fitness and, and muscle and strength? Well, I was motivated by a little bit different uh, means. Uh, I, I had like more of an athletic background, and I was really much more. I would geek out on sports science. I would geek out on movement, and that was really what drove me into training myself to improve. And uh, Sal mentioned personal growth. That's just been something that I've realized. I've just been a junkie for personal growth. Uh, And this is something I was able to see, uh, you know, with metrics when I was in the gym. And I could see that I was improving. My strength was increasing. I could load more weight. Uh, I was getting more explosive by doing these types of movements. Uh, You know, how could I increase my speed? Uh, and I would go through a whole summer really trying to just nail that one attribute. Like, how can I get faster or how can I jump higher? Like, these are things that was like, I was like so laser focused on, uh, as, as a young athlete and, and trying to, I had really had these like crazy aspirations of being a pro athlete, uh, uh, went all the way up into the college level and then realized there's just humongous, you know, strong beasts that are <laughs> yeah. incredibly fast out there. And that it was just crazy to me. Uh, to be humbled by that, but also, uh, you know, led me in a different direction too. Uh, I started to kind of reevaluate uh, other aspects of myself that I could improve, and a lot of that was communication. And and so, I, ironically, non-ironically, I ended up in this profession, which is all communication, uh, and it was a really a struggle. You know, it was like starting all the way over. Uh, from everything else that I had felt like I was like pretty good at. Like th- this is something I've tackled I've addressed I've gotten to a point where I'm like I'm strong I'm a good athlete and now I have to like work on my communication skills and I'm just naturally some people might think I'm introverted I'm not necessarily introverted I just don't uh, you know, I, I keep it within a small group of people. I uh, don't really like to put myself out there. Uh, so the, the the beginning episodes of Mind Pump was just my journey of, of really struggling with, um, you know, having a voice, having opinions, letting it out there, just being okay with um, saying crazy stuff and, and letting it fly. 
Uh, and being around these two guys really like opened that up and, and really like exposed like a new way uh, for myself to improve. And, and so um, it's been it's totally a, a journey for me personally, which then I feel has value for people that can relate. And this is something I noticed with personal training, too. It's like the most effective uh, way I was able to get people to change was really to to get relatable and get on their level and find out uh, ways that I could you know, paint the picture and portray it in a way that made sense to them. Yeah. Isn't that funny how sometimes, not even sometimes, oftentimes in life, we end up gravitating to things that we're, we don't consider ourselves great in, or mm-hmm. it's a weakness, you know? But I think if we have that entrepreneurial or that, you know, that a certain spirit inside of us that we, we just want to get better at something that yeah. we know is maybe a little bit, uh, you know, a bit of a weakness. Or well, I think if you're truly growth-minded, that's what happens, yeah. right? If you're truly a growth-minded person, you seek out the things that you're probably not good at or that you fail at because that's where the, the most growth is at, right? So that is something that I think connects all of us is the growth-minded attitude. I mean, I, I remember as a kid coming in, like I was not much older than Sal was, And I fell in love with uh, this whole, you know, personal growth and bettering myself. And then when I realized I could make really good money doing it, that's what I I was like, this is awesome. Like, I didn't expect to be able to make as much money in the fitness space as I was able to while also working on myself, right, and bettering myself. And that ends up bleeding into clients later on. But it was very selfish at the beginning. At the very beginning, for me, it wasn't like, oh, I just want to help people. It's like, oh, I found a job that I was passionate about. I loved working with people and I loved exercise, but it was really selfishly driven. It was bettering me and I was getting paid for it at the same time. And I was very fascinated by that. Which is what comes natural to us when we're younger anyway, right? Right. We're we're much more about like, how does this help me out? Right. But as we get older and we certainly, you know, you get married and you have children, you realize, okay, I got to just do what I can for those in my sphere of influence. You know, how can I make their lives better? And then in doing that, you know, we get all those great benefits too. You know, Mm -hmm. they come flying back at us. So um, I'd love, you know, I, again, as I said at the, at the start, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. Listen, to, you guys have had so many discussions uh, over the years. I mean, gosh, how many episodes do you guys have? Like 1,700, 1,800? Uh, 1,500 maybe or something yeah, like that? 1,500. Something crazy. Yeah. It's, you know, because you guys are almost daily podcasters right, at this right. point, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's, by the way, that's another lesson we took from fitness. Yep. You know, you want to get good at an exercise, you do reps. <laughs> and we, and we knew right. we knew we did not know anything about media, so it's like let's just do as many as we possibly can, <laughs> no. and we'll get inevitably good. we'll get better. We'll get better faster yeah. if we do it that way. I'll tell you what, and that's precisely why I was turned on to you guys after I got to to know you. Then I realized, like, wow, these guys do a lot, a lot of reps, and I said that's exactly what we did. Uh, my first thing when I started working for Mike at Critical Bench uh, eight, almost eight years ago. The first thing he wanted me to do was dominate on our YouTube channel, which at the time was like 4,000 subs and I don't know how many videos. And he said, so I want you to make a video, go live every day. That's, That's like your number one thing, right? So you got other stuff to do, but one video every day has to go up. So we committed to that. And after seven years, we grew. And we grew a lot, you know, so now we have like almost 750,000 subscribers and 100 million views and, you know, and are reaching people in a whole different way. Right. But it was because of the commitment to something pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Just put a video up every day. Well, well, I mean, isn't that that's the core of entrepreneurship, isn't it? 
you know, you, you, you just do it over and over again and eventually yeah. you get good and right. be okay with the fact that you suck. Oh my gosh. And, and, and by, by the way, yeah, my first hundred videos were absolutely yeah. awful. I'd we we say it takes almost 200 time reps for us, right? We say yeah. about every, every, every 200 episodes we level up. We all, we notice yeah, we, this. we feel it. It's we, kind of strange. Yeah. We get better at some kind of skill of, of, of media or podcasting, but it takes about 200 episodes. You know, you figure that's, what is that? So that's at least 300 hours, if not more, of, uh, of, of doing the podcast for us. Yeah. Wow, that's excellent. Such a good le- lesson there for really anything you want to get better at. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I want to dive into some, some topics, right? We, we, in, the, in our world, there's a lot of different ways to go with this, but there's a few that's kind of stood out. First, I want to go around the room and find out what your favorite lift is and why it's your favorite lift. So I'll start with <laughs> I'll start with my man Adam. Uh, it's it's now probably the deadlift and of course cuz it's what I'm I'm probably best at of all my lifts. I'm uh I'm like uh, okay at everything. I'm not really great at one thing, right? So I think uh, you know, Sal is a better deadlifter than me, Justin's a better squatter than me. I'm like middle of the row of of us and and all the strength stuff. I really never train for strength. Strength did not uh, come into play until not uh, not long before I met these guys, like I was completely focused on aesthetics uh, most of my fitness career. I, in fact, I used to joke around with my staff all the time and say that uh, when they would always try and get me to go do one of their crazy workouts, I'd turn it down and say, Ah, no, 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 I'm all, I'm all show, no go. I'm not. As long as I take my shirt off and I look fast on the beach, that's all I care about, right? Mm-hmm. So I used to <laughs> joke around and say that, and uh, that changed a lot for me later on. I, I uh, got into strength training, and when I saw the development of my physique from strength training, I was blown away. And then I kind of went down the rabbit hole of really trying to build strength. And during that time, uh, I fell in love with deadlifting. I, I really started to chase some, I was chasing Sal at the time who was, who could pull over 600 pounds. And, uh, I ended up, I, I ended up topping out at about 555 is, is my deadlift. Uh, but I'd say that's probably my favorite lift. Excellent. Mine too. Mm. <laughs> Mine too. So Sal, it sounds like I know your answer at this point. I don't know, but maybe it's not. You know, I, I, I enjoy most lifts. I'd say I like back exercises the most. It just feels, I like pulling, I like grabbing, holding on to things. Deadlifts are fun. I like rowing. Pull-ups are great. Um, squats are fun. I just, mobility for me in the lower body is always challenging. So it's always an, it's always an exercise that I'm always trying to get better at. Um, these days, I'm really enjoying uh, kind of bodybuilding style training. What I mean by that is just connecting and feeling muscles and doing full range of motion and changing the angles. It's a safer way of lifting. Um, you know, I don't always have the time to prime and warm up uh, like I probably should. And pushing the heavy weights is always a little risky once you get past a certain point. So right now I'm having fun doing that. But you know, it can change. Depends on when you ask me. You know, uh, one. You know, sometimes I fall in love with the pull up. Another time I might be an incline press. I think at one point I've probably fallen in love with almost every single exercise. So I just like the feel. I like the feel of of doing all the movements. I like the way it, you know it, it obviously works on my body. There's also an element of doing an exercise that you're not good at and getting good at it. Mm. Um, that's always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you've been working out for so long. Like, you know, I've been doing this for so long that adding five or 10 pounds to a lift is exciting, right? Because I've plateaued on everything. I've been doing this for 20-something years. So when I find an exercise that I'm not good at, and then I see the, you know, you know, it's like those newbie gains. You see that huge progress. That's always a lot of fun, right? So I'd say, you know, right now I'm having fun doing some of that stuff. Like I'll pick an exercise. 
I'm not too good at, and then say, okay, let's see what I can do with this particular movement. Yeah, re- find a way to recommit to that to say, okay, I'm not feeling great at it right now. Let's let's get good at it again, mm-hmm. uh, or for the first time ever over the next two three months. Yeah, I did yeah. that not that long ago with farmer carries, for example. I oh, just I didn't, that is one of my favorites. I didn't too. do them for a lot, you know. And then Justin's a big, he's huge on on yeah. movements like that. And so I said, let me let me see how good I can get at farmer carry. It's so much fun doing it. So. Every once in a while, I'll pick an exercise and be like, I think I'm going to try an overhead carry or, you know, I'm going to do reverse curl or something I haven't done for a while, see how good I can get at it. For me, uh, also, kettlebell training, which is some of the the exercises with kettlebells can feel you're really uncomfortable, mm-hmm. first of all, the way you have to hold the, the bell. If, if anyone who's done any <laughs> any kettlebell training knows what I'm talking about. If you pick it up for the first time, you have this iron ball yeah. that has to like completely you, different fall load. onto your wrist, makes your whole arm feel heavy. Um, and I remember going through the uh, workshop uh, to get certified in that, and it was like the three hardest days I've ever had uh, in a, in a row with ripped up hands and you know ten hour days of learning all these lifts and getting the technique down. Mm-hmm. And so that was absolutely super gratifying so but when i go back to doing any of those it's almost like i'm re go you know going through those those days again because it, if what mm-hmm. you go away from you you know you lose right. you lose uh you know momentum with it fast um so justin what's what's your favorite exercise my friend well i mean they mentioned like squatting has been a big one for me but to be honest it's it's definitely overhead press uh and it's mainly because so it used to be bench too like i was a big pusher you know these guys obviously are more inclined to pulling i'm i'm a big pusher i did played football there was a lot of programming in that direction uh so it's just something that came kind of naturally to me um but overhead press now because uh in terms of like just daily patterns and uh, kind of checking all of my mobility and checking uh, my entire kinetic chain. Like I feel like that exposes me the most. And also uh, what I do in terms of priming and, uh, you know, prepping my, my shoulder, I, I just love working with unconventional tools. I love throwing Indian clubs around. I love doing a lot of rotational work with mace bells and things. And I've found how much that have tr- that has translated into increasing the amount of load I could put up for an overhead press. Uh, and then also, too, just like if I'm bracing properly, if I, you know, feel it in my back, if I'm, you know, it just it's a it's a good feedback for me to see kind of where I'm at in terms of my overall strength, ability and function. And I just feel like I need to keep that, uh, you know, skill. And so I'm always just excited when I'm doing an overhead press. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. Our team here at Critical Bench has been making the world's number one workout and fitness programs to help you live a life that is truly strong by design. We encourage you to visit our Amazon store at strongbydesignamazon.com for premium follow-along workouts, fitness equipment, and more. That's strongbydesignamazon.com. And it's funny as you know, we're all passionate about exercise and fitness and strength and everything. So it depends on what day of the week you, you get asked, like, what's your favorite? Well, today or yeah, this week, totally. you know, it, it does, it does, all, you know, kind of go around, but uh, that that's good. I'm right in line with all you guys. I'll say one more quick thing about it is I found that an exercise I had avoided my whole life, which was deadlifts. 
became my favorite exercise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, di- I didn't know how to do them. And I remember you guys did a deadlift episode, I don't know, a few months back and talked a whole hour about deadlifting and how awesome it is for you, uh, regardless of your level, as long as you're doing it right. And there's all the different variations, of course. But I, I ran from that exercise because I'm like, I, I just don't feel comfortable doing it. Even though I had learned from pretty high level people how to do it, I just didn't do it myself. So did I. I so didn't I, train it at all. And I didn't train my clients to do it either because I'm like, if I can't do the damn exercise, I'm not going to have them do it. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then sure enough, I started doing it myself. And then I found, wow, you know, there's different ways to do it. I go wide stance. I go traditional stance. And, but there is something extra cool about pulling heavy weight off the ground. Yeah. And, uh, and so sure enough, even if you don't have to go super heavy, it's still gratifying to pull 315 if you're doing it well right. and getting mm-hmm. in nice reps. You know, it still feels great. So... I just love that. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that, guys. Okay, another topic, which is uh, has some humor to it, of course, but I like people to uh, listen to high-level uh, fitness experts like yourselves talk about the dad bod a little bit. <laughs> and, and it's okay to have a dad yeah. bod. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because so many of us, uh, when we were you know, back in the I was never the super ripped eight, 8% body fat guy walking around the gym. I just wasn't. I was always more like the 12 to 15%, the achievable yeah. uh, physique, if you, if you will. But I think people always kind of saw me that way, maybe less intimidated by me because yeah. they saw, oh, here's a guy who obviously loves fitness. He's always, I'm a very talkative guy, uh, knows everybody, you know, seems to really enjoy what he does. He's a people person and he seems approachable and he doesn't seem like he's, so just caught up with himself, right. you know, where, mm-hmm. and, um, but I want to just go around the room a little bit and talk about the, the, it's okay to have the dad bod and the 8%, you know, goals that so many people are drawn to or, or, or you know, images that we see right. in front of us on Instagram and social media, um, that, you know, it's, that's fine for some, but it's really just such a, a small few who ever get there. Well, there's a there's a lot there, right? right. So uh, first of all, um, and and I were, I think I know we all remembered this when we were training clients. Very few of my clients ever came in and said, "I want to be three percent body fat." You know, they're they're the minority. You know, right. Most people come in uh, very deconditioned, uh, low back pain, shoulder pain, neck pain. Uh, 30 pounds overweight, doctor just told them they have diabetes. This is what we get. We get the normal person who maybe fitness wasn't really a part of their life, and they are told or they decide that, hey, it's time for me to get in shape. And when they come in, I mean, I could probably count on one, definitely on two hands, uh, how many total people in my my career came in and said, I want to be just shredded. So first of all, that's the minority, right, that even want to be there. Second, uh, to to maintain that low of a body fat percentage technically isn't healthy. Now, I have trained to the level of you know two percent body fat and got on stage and presented my physique. And the reality is, I look more like a dad bod today, but I'm healthier today because health isn't just uh, a, a, your body composition. There's many other things that encompass that. Everything from mental, spiritual, relationship, mobility, strength, energy sex drive. I mean, the list goes on and on and on of all these other markers that really encompass health. And aesthetics is just one, one, just one of those things. And yes, it's marketable. Yes, we're drawn to it. Yes, we kind of aspire to it. But the reality is it's not even an ideal place for most people. Most people, if you could check all the other boxes off, 
would be super happy. You know, if they're in a healthy weight, they're pretty strong, they have no pain, they're sleeping well, their sex drive is good. You know, 99% of the clients I train, that's what they really wanted more than anything else. And and the, the reality is, and, and Sal likes to talk a lot about this, is if you really chase those markers, a lot of times the aesthetics just kind of follow. And, you know, you're going to come and go in, in waves, right? There's going to be times when you have a newborn child and are not sleeping worth for two or three months. And, you know, I put on a couple extra percent body fat during that time. And I'm not going to allow that, my body image, uh, to, to mess with my head and make me think that I'm a bad person or I'm unhealthy because my body fat percentage went up a couple percent because I'm getting poor sleep and maybe eating extra calories and sleeping in or whatever because I'm tired because my son and I'm going to, I'm going to care more about the other things that I can control at that time. And so, yeah, the, the whole idea of, and, and, and I think Instagram and social media has really exaggerated this for us, right? Like, and you know this cause you worked in person and I try and would tell people this when I talk to them on social media, when I worked in the gym, okay. I can literally also count on one hand how many times I stood up and I, and I worked at big box gyms that were getting 2000 plus workouts a day how many times I could count more than one person in the gym that looked like that. That's not the, the majority and hardly anybody. That's the 1%. Every, everybody else looks pretty, pretty normal. But when we're, when we're following these people on Instagram, you know, and, and, by, like the, it's everywhere. and by the way, yeah. you know, 99% of those people that are even super ripped and fit, they do photo shoots for it. They drip their photos to look like they're that way year round. So half that shit ain't even real, you know, <laughs> and then the, the, the other half that is real is normally dealing with more issues themselves. They, they have identified so much with the way they look that they're neurotic about that. And there are other aspects of their health and their life is out of whack. I think to be a hundred percent like amazing at something in life that means that there's a lot of other parts right. of your life something's that are give. sucking that's right yeah. something's got to give and yeah. if you have the ability to never miss a gym workout weigh and measure every bit of your food walk around at four percent body fat yeah get out of here there's a lot of other things that are falling out of balance in your life and you know, a lot of young kids uh, aspire to look like this is a lot of the motivation of the show. Like, really, mm-hmm. we we saw this. We saw it and we're like, oh, my God, these kids on Instagram and, and YouTube and Facebook that have got million followers. I remember what I, I remember being that kid. I remember being, you know, so focused on that. And the information that I was presenting uh, was still coming from a place of insecurity. And we still see that today, and it's exaggerated on social media. And that was a lot of the motivation behind the content that we wanted to produce was like we wanted to counter that message that, hey, and it's not to, it's also not to shame anybody for being ripped either. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I love it too. It feels great to walk around at 5% body sure. fat, but it also isn't the healthiest way to maintain your life. No, I, you, when you, if you define a dad bod the way that we, we define it, you're, you're fit, healthy, you've got some good strength, you're probably sitting. Anywhere between about 12 to maybe 17% body fat. Um, that's where you live. And this is the thing that the fitness space does a terrible job of, of conveying. They use the super shredded bodies to sell products, but they never tell you that you shouldn't live there. Really, most Nobody should live in that space. There's very, very few people that can live that way without having a high degree of body obsession or maybe even a touch or more of orthorexia, which is a, an eating disorder where... You have to measure and weigh every single morsel that goes in your mouth and every single drip of, uh, of liquid that goes in your mouth. Uh, the truth is, if you have a balanced, healthy life, you're consistent with exercise, and you're a man, you're probably going to sit somewhere around 12 to 17% body fat, and it's a great place to be. You have time for your family. 
you still work out consistently, you feel good, you're strong, you don't, you're not, your immune system isn't compromised because your diet is so strict and you're so lean, your testosterone isn't in the floor because you diet all the time, you're not overworking your body, uh, you feel good. And you know, the irony of this, by the way, is that when women are, are, are asked what body type they prefer in surveys, it's the dad bod. Uh, that constantly wins. It's that's the one that they want to be with, and you know, there's an evolutionary kind of feel around that, right? I think, evolutionarily speaking, in real life, when you see someone that uh, you know is ultra shredded, you, you kind of can tell there's not it's not super healthy usually. Um, so that's where you should be. You should always live around that. Now, if you want to get shredded for the beach, that's okay. You can do that, uh, you know, a season here and there, but. No, where you live is probably around there, 12 to 17% body fat, you're consistent, your diet's relatively healthy and balanced, you feel good, you're strong, you're mobile. Uh, that's the key to uh, having a good relationship with exercise and fitness. That's the key to longevity. Um, and uh, again, uh, most women will find you most attractive in that in that range. So, And it looks like you're doing a good job crushing the dad bod right now, uh, no problem, and you have a, a baby. I I do. I have a young baby right now. Uh, uh, she's, uh, she's wait, six weeks right now. Oh, my um, gosh. And I tend to walk around at between 10 to 14, 15% body fat. And when I'm really lean, I'm, I'm below 10. But I don't feel good, to be quite honest. If I get down below 10 to specifically for a purpose, I'm going to do on a photo shoot or I'm going to do a video – um, it doesn't feel good, um, to be quite honest. I feel my best probably around 12% body fat. I feel strong, joints feel good, uh, balanced, healthy. I still eat well. It's not like I'm, you know, my diet's terrible. I still eat very, very healthy. Um, but it's not this uh, consuming, you know, obsession type thing. And uh, just generally feel healthier. Yeah, this is an important topic, though, because uh, going into this, uh, I mean, my background was more sports and metric based and like I was more interested in movement and all this. But I know every single client I got when that came to me was wants to look better and, and, and looking better is on the top of everybody's mind. And you can't just uh, steer them away from that initially. Okay, You really have to like talk to them and, 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 and show them a better way to approach that. That is something that we can achieve, but also too, there's, there's a healthier way to approach that and a smarter, a more efficient way to, uh, you know, like your, your body's going to benefit a lot more when you go in, along this path. And, uh, you know, the dad bod thing, it's, it has a lot of, uh, weird definitions to it. I think there's, it could range from, you know, a guy that's just kind of like chubby, uh, to a guy that maybe has muscles, but has some fluff or, you know, what really is the definition of a dad bod, you know? I, and for me, I think it's more just somebody that's really is concerted efforts towards lifting weights and is strong, uh, and, and is conscious of their, their health practices, but also doesn't have that obsessive uh, drive towards uh, revealing this, you know, chiseled six pack. I think one of you, I forget which one of you uh, said, you know, when your chest sticks out further than your belly, <laughs> you know, that's a good indicator of, of a good dad bod. There you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, because you know, obviously that's a big thing that happens to a lot of guys. Right. You know, we, we, we all have a voracious appetite, right? right. If, especially if you lift weights, you know, you just want to eat. Uh, but if if you also consume alcohol, maybe a little bit too much, you know, think things that just bloat you, and all of a sudden the belly starts pushing out further than the chest. Ah, you know, we're starting to lose that ideal dad bod look. You know, so I I think it's it's with a shirt on and 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 jeans or whatever, you look like you know your way around the gym, right? And you there's a, a healthy look to you. Um, you move well. 
you maybe have good posture. Yeah. I think that's another thing that right. definitely is you know indicative of the posterior training. You know that that Sal likes so much. It just makes you look structurally yeah. powerful. Mm-hmm. And when you st- stand tall, shoulders are back, heads heads up, you know, and you don't have that uh, tech neck. Yeah, you know, you're just on a device all day. Uh, there's just something to that, and it, I think that plays into it. We, in fact, we have a, a program. It's all about forward head posture. Oh, I love that because I used to teach. Something I used to teach clients was, uh, in fact, I'd stand them in front of a mirror. And then I would correct their posture when we'd be, they'd be talking about, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds. I'd be like, watch this. And I would just stand them upright and and instantly you look like you lose weight. You just, the, when you're, when your shoulders are pulled back, your head's back, you stand up tall and straight. It naturally draws the core in a tiny bit. So you see your, your stomach comes in, the chest comes out. It's like, you look like you lost 20 pounds, right? You're more confident and all these other things as a result. Yeah. You just described this, our, our mark, our sales page for that program. (laughs) That's exactly right. Images of men and women, the before, after and it's just them changing their hip shoulder head position and everything yep. you just look healthier right just by the way you're standing thank you so much for listening to the strong by design podcast to help our show reach more listeners just like you please let us know how we've changed your life by leaving a five-star rating and review on itunes go to strongbydesignpodcast.com that's strongbydesignpodcast.com. Let's get back to the show. I love to go all over the map. That's just what we do at Strong by Design. We're mind, body, spirit, relationships all, all over. I, I want to just, uh, if you guys would share maybe the, one of the more special moments is being a father uh, with one or all, all of your children. I know, you know Adam, uh, you got one. Sal's got three. Uh, Justin, you got a couple. So uh, maybe if there's something that comes to mind, just uh, a, a moment in time that was really extra awesome for you as a father. Uh, that's just something that you love to think about. Oh wow, there's I got I a lot of a, I got a lot right now because I'm in the middle of it. Right, I'm in the thick of it. He's yeah. uh, he's you know a little over one and a half right now, so he's like fully aware, knows who daddy, mommy is, and mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of the. A lot of the effort that I put towards uh, the early uh, moments of his life of, of taking a lot of care with him, holding him a lot, playing with him a lot. Um, in fact, I'm, I haven't missed a single day since he was born of reading to him every single night, right? Okay. So ev- even if I'm traveling, Katrina zooms me in and I, I get to do reading time with him and it's something that we've made a tradition. And uh, what I'm getting right now that it, it sticks out the most is that that I've really built a strong bond early on with him and he's just attached to me. So it's the coolest thing ever. Every time I come home, anytime we're in anywhere, the moment that he sees me anywhere, he comes running and he lights up and just wants to be on his dad 24 seven. And then as someone who wasn't a father before and someone who lost a father when I was seven years old, one of the things that I always thought about was like, man, if I do have a son, I do have a kid I want him to want to be around me, and I want to be able to experience what I missed out on. And I know this is still early, but I know that laying that foundation and building that relationship early uh, is so important. And I feel like I'm already getting to reap some of the benefits of the time that I put in as a present father. And uh, I feel blessed, man. It's a, he's he is he's definitely a daddy's boy, and it's cool. It's cool to hang oh, out man, with him. Man, that's that's awesome to hear. And I it, obviously that touches me too because I had a. I had an interesting childhood and a, a father that was a bit violent and uh, come from a divorced family. And uh, my dad died uh, years and years ago. 
But uh, we, we have the power, don't we, as dads to change the story. 100%. And so I, I love that you've made your son a priority, and um, it's, there's, there's no greater joy than, than seeing a, a little mini version of you and, and making it that relationship what you want it to be. Right. And I think the same thing with my son. Um, my, my son just turned nine in October, and we're buddies. Uh, he, I'm, I'm dad. And, you know, he, he listens, he, he, he knows that he understands the dynamic, but we can still be pals. We can still build Legos together and go out and practice baseball and stuff. But when it comes down to it, you know, you're going to listen too. you know, I'm not going to get walked on. Yeah. Sal repeats this a lot on the podcast about the, the households that are the most successful or, or the, the high discipline, high love. Mm-hmm. Right. So and I know that I represent that in our house. I definitely am the one that's uh, more more strict or I'm the one that's kind of pushing him to do things he hasn't done yet. And to a point where sometimes Katrina's like, oh, my God, you know, he's only one. You know, you're trying to make him do this. You're trying to make him do that. He's too young for whiskey. But yeah. <laughs> but then I'm also the guy who is, uh, I mean, extreme, extremely loving and, and showing my love and affection and present. I'm not just. And so I, I try and have that balance. I, I want to be. Uh, a father with with rules, and I want to stretch him uh, to uncomfortable places and make him grow and learn and teach him. And then I also want to be able to show a high love at the same time and be able to separate those two. Yeah, awesome, Sal. Well, you know the what always comes to me when I get asked this question is, uh, you know, I, I I have a very close family, great relationship with my parents, love my siblings, um, and I just I I had no idea the full capacity of love that you could feel for a human you know I, I just didn't know and you'll hear this a lot if you're if you're listening and you're not a parent you'll hear this from other parents they'll say something to you like oh just wait till you're a parent and then you'll know I remember saying that to Adam and you know he'd be like oh you know I know what you're talking about don't but now he has a kid and now he's in the he, he understands what I'm talking about and it could be kind of annoying to hear and I remember hearing that myself I'm like well I love my parents I love my family to death and what do you mean and then my son was born and it was overwhelming. It was overwhelming. And then it just kept growing. I remember every day it kept growing. I remember thinking to myself, like, when's this going to stop? This is insane. I can't believe I love a human so much. And then I remember when I had my daughter, I thought, oh, you know, I was worried. I said, could I possibly love another kid like I love my son? Like, what's this going to be like? And then you just realize that the capacity grows. It's not a, it's not a finite pie, right? You know, it's like you take love away from one to give another. It just grows even more. And I just experienced that now. With my youngest son now, who's uh, about six weeks old, the same exact feeling. The other thing that really stands out is the realization. <laughs> this is a, this is kind of an in, a cool and kind of a crazy realization too. Is I did not realize just how um, uh, invincible I was before I had kids. Like I, I was in there was I had no vulnerability, I had no real vulnerabilities. Once I have children, once I had my children. It w- that was like my heart walking around outside. All of a sudden, I became vulnerable. Now, uh, the, it, the world is totally different. Um, now, I really want to be the best person I could possibly be. Now, I really am concerned about things in the world, about the way I communicate, about the things I do. Um, and, you know, vulnerability is scary, and it sucks, and, and that feeling is scary. Like, even talking about thinking about my kids, you know, being out there, it's like scary, right? But, it, you know, that's what makes you a good person, you know. And so uh, it's like I realized I can't be the best version of myself unless I'm, I have that kind of vulnerability, which only I think in my experience, for me at least, only my children uh, can provide. And, again, it happened again. I just had my son. 
he's a baby and all those feelings came back like oh crap mm-hmm. i'm more vulnerable again what did i do this you know what did i, what did I step into but it, it's amazing at the same time so um i mean my hat's off to all the parents out there who are really committed to their children when you hear people say it's the hardest job um in the world it's true it's not necessarily the hardest because it's you know technically the hardest it's the hardest because nothing will challenge you there's nothing that'll bring out your insecurities there's nothing that'll make you examine yourself like having kids nothing that requires the same consistency that selflessness like i didn't i was so selfish before i had no idea how selfish i was i didn't think i was check out yeah you can't just you know do whatever you want or, or whatever um so uh yeah that's those are the biggest things that stand out for me for sure awesome and you mr justin yeah um I mean, I could echo these guys uh, in terms of uh, just it being such a life changer in terms of a reflection of yourself and, and the opportunity to grow in a completely different level as a human being by now trying to relay uh, your core values and, and what makes you the person you are uh, to your family. And uh, <laughs> I've been getting a lot of lessons uh, through the, just the same as them. And so I've, I've learned so much about myself by watching them grow and develop. And uh, it's been really challenging at times uh, because there's certain things that I just had expectations towards. Like uh, if I have two boys, so uh, I just assumed right away that they're going to have this like crazy athletic skill like I did, like uh, right out of the gates, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to be so fun. I'm a trainer. You know, I'm going to get them like super prepped uh, for, for the pros and all this stuff. Uh, and, you know, in my oldest, um, you know, he, he wasn't really born with the blessed with, you know, that type of athleticism. Like he wasn't really drawn towards that. He was drawn towards play and, and building and. Uh, you know, lots of cool things that I'm into as well, but also I'm just like, I'm trying to, you know, find ways to, to introduce him to, to activities and sports and all these things. And we were kind of struggling for a while. Uh, and then it, it, we just started to kind of work on it. And I realized that um, I need to be more involved. I need to be more present with this, this whole experience. And so I decided to finally coach and that's when things started to really change and transform because me just being there and him wanting me to be there and then throw the ball and work on his mechanics. It's just, it was this crazy transformation. All of a sudden now he like, he threw the ball strong. He's like, he was like starting to actually get into it. His friends, he, he grew this whole new level of friends because of, uh, you know, what sports provides as an outlet. Uh, and it just was like this crazy experience for me. It was like, uh, such a lesson that, um, you know, I was, I was already dismissing the potential that was there. And, you know, there was a lot of potential there that I didn't, um, you know, allow to, to happen. And so that was a big thing for me. And then on the other end of that too, my youngest has that ability right away, but also struggles with math and, and reading and, um, and, and he's been really hard on himself, very hard on himself. And, uh, just to, to kind of, you know, realize like how much, you know, we need to kind of be there to help, uh, at least like, like riff with him on things that we can do to, to help him understand things better. Uh, now it's, it's, it's taken new forms. Now he got, you know, better grades and he's, he's really starting to improve. So really it's just the same lessons I've learned in life is, is it's, it's not just like this this thing that's gonna be easy right away. You got to really work your way through all these challenges, and uh, I see it with my kids all the time. And they're all so different. 
You know, yeah. they're all they. If you have two boys or a boy and a girl, whatever, they they're all going to gravitate to different things. But I th- I think as a dad, what I've tried to get really good at is getting really excited about what excites them. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if they, you know, yep. my daughter, she's such a princess, you know, so I get excited about the stuff that she loves as a five and a half year old girl. And then my son, he he's uh, likes to draw and he likes, uh, you know, making stuff, Legos, building things together. But he also likes baseball. And that's so I've uh, have you. Is that what you've been coaching? Is yeah, it, yeah. Baseball. And, and I've found since I started coaching with him in baseball and he's in the minors now, there's all this extra time with him. That wouldn't have happened had I not been coaching, yep. you know, had I just been the drop off or pickup guy or sitting in the bleachers. And what I find is I think he looks at me differently, too, because now I'm I'm orchestrating mm-hmm. a, a practice or a game with 20 plus kids yeah. and I'm coach, you know, so all these other little kids are looking at me as like the leader, you know, and mm-hmm. I think it may, probably makes him feel proud he's probably proud proud yeah. and, and but also the all the extra time that we stay after practice just doing like if he wants to pitch a little bit more or, or do some more swings and everyone's gone and it's just him it's and just i relationship on the field. equity you know yeah. it, you're you're building and developing that and they uh you know that's something that is going to benefit the both of you in your relationship down the road so yeah I've, I've had to learn that too i can't just sit in the in the stands uh anymore like being a part of it really means something to them so yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think that's that's something obviously i think that we all have we had that we want to be part of it we don't want to be on the outside right. looking in i i really I, the first couple of years he was doing baseball i, I was i was kind of on the bleachers and i'm like come on you know I'd be like, you could do you know and i'd be like why is that coach like just so out of it right now you know he he, he luckily he had some really good coaches but there was always that one other assistant dad who you know rather be doing something anything else yeah, <laughs> yeah. and i'm like I, that should be me and then I mistakenly put myself down as a team manager, which I thought I'm the I'm going to be the dugout dad. You know, I thought <laughs> yeah. that's what team manager was. I didn't see head coach. And then they're like Team Wilson. I'm like Team Wilson. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> that's the, my last that's, name. Yeah. This is like uh, all of a sudden I'm like, oh darn it, I'm the head coach without even trying to. And, and it, <laughs> yeah. but then it went so great, I could never not be the head coach. Totally. And so it's been three years of doing that, and it's just been such an enjoyable thing. That's and awesome. So, uh, what a blessing. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. Our team here at Critical Bench has been making the world's number one workout and fitness programs to help you live a life that is truly strong by design. We encourage you to visit our Amazon store at strongbydesignamazon.com for premium follow-along workouts, fitness equipment, and more. That's strongbydesignamazon.com. I want to go around a couple, maybe, you know, these could be short or long answers. I really don't care. Uh, I'm not on a time crunch. I, I want to go through each of you guys. Number one, your, your biggest pet peeve in, in, a, in a big box gym or in, in a workout space, workout mm-hmm. environment. What's your biggest pet peeve that comes to mind? And also, since we all have them and probably more than one, your most embarrassing story uh, you know, keep it under five minutes. Uh, most embarrassing moment as a trainer uh, with a client or just in the gym in general. Okay. Uh, so I'll, I'll, again, I'll start with Adam. And we'll just keep going. Uh, so my biggest pet peeve is the um, not re-racking weights. Uh, that, dr- that drives me crazy. <laughs> um, and I think anybody who's ever ran a gym, it probably drives them crazy. 
Uh, it's like you know you're there to work out, and the extra steps it takes to get put the weight back away is only going to burn more calories, build more muscle. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the whole purpose. So why not? You know, not to mention it keeps the whole place clean and organized for everybody else. That's, and that's right. probably how you like it when you show up. So that's my number one pet peeve. I think uh, inside the gym, God, most embarrassing moment. There's been a lot of those probably. Uh, <laughs> probably with the first time I ever dropped a first time, right? Cause it's happened more than once. First time I ever dropped a dumbbell on a client's head. Yeah. Oh my uh, gosh. <laughs> so I was doing, and luckily it was really lightweight, right? So I was teaching a client of mine and luckily she had been with me for a while, right? So she had been with me for a while. We had, we had moved to a dumbbell press and I believe we were only using fives or eights. Um, and we had these, those 24 hour fitness weights that are like kind of a uh, octagon shape and they're black and the, and they sometimes when they're new, they get really like oily and slip slippery. And so I was used to like any time a client was using anything under probably 15 pounds, I could pinch it with my fingers and just take it from them. And I was doing that after she was done with the presses and I, I pinched it with my fingers and it they were they must have been pretty new weights. They slipped right out of my finger. That bounced right off her oh. forehead. <laughs> And I just, I mean, I thought I died inside uh, right afterwards, was so so embarrassed and, and so apologetic. And I was like, I could not believe that happened. And uh, luckily she had, like again, she was a long-term client of mine and she was really cool about it. But that was probably one of the most embarrassing moments to, to drop a dumbbell on a client's head. And it was early on in my career and right. learned that lesson quick. Without question. Yeah, that, that's a tough day. That's a tough day to get over and you'll never forget it. Yeah. All right. So pet peeve for me, uh, you know, I hate uh, the aggressive uh, people in the gym, the kind of the gorillas that are... They walk around, and if they're on a machine, they don't let anybody jump in, and they're very intimidating, and they're purposefully intimidating. I really didn't like that. Um, it, it, just, it, it obviously displays their own insecurity. Uh, now, on the flip side, some of the biggest, strongest guys that have ever worked at my gym were the most friendly. If somebody had a question, they would help them. They would always uh, you know, get, let people jump in on the equipment. But the, you know, those are those occasional members that walk around like they're – you know, like they want to start a fight or like they own the place. And I used to absolutely drive me crazy. And I would purposely find myself going near them and grabbing their equipment to try and trigger them to see, to give them excuse to, <laughs> yeah. excuse yeah. to I, take them off. I think I, 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 that's what I like even more about you is because it's like, let me see if I can get this guy going. Oh, I guarantee today. every gym owner or manager listening knows exactly what I'm talking about. You oh, see yeah. that guy and you're like, oh, yeah. I, I can't wait. I'm going to wait well, for let's a see break. What he does about this. I'm yeah. going to walk over there and take his dumbbell. Hey, or you or you do the same weight right next to him and embarrass the shit out of him. Do the same exercise like <laughs> yeah, twice yeah. as heavy, right? Oh, yeah. so, uh, all right. Yeah. Embarrassing? Yes. Oh, this is terrible. This is the most, I mean, it's, this, it's not just the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to me in the gym. It's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me, period. So, Does it require uh, or involve poop? It's, it's worse. <laughs> oh, no. It's worse than that. Okay. So I had, uh, I had just bought a brand new iPad. This is when the first mini ones came out. So I had this kind of mini iPad, and uh, on it I had apps with anatomy apps and stuff that I would use <laughs> to show clients and stuff like that. So I, I had that in my, in my gym bag, and I was training my client. Um, it was like name, 80, right? And she Meg. Was, her name is Meg. Yeah. She was in her 70s. And yeah. I've been training her for years, okay? She's a grandma, nice lady, you know. Uh, we'd have these wonderful, you know, conversations. She was very wise. She would give me advice on raising my kids. I, I never said a single bad word around her. Like, very respectful. I treat her like my grandma. And I love training people in this age group. And, and so she, she had this image of me. She had a picture of me on her fridge, right? So picture of me and her in her fridge. Called me her other son. So... She comes in for her workout, and uh, and and there was she had some pain in her hip, 
And so I was talking to her about her, her, her QL, her quadratus lumborum. And I said, oh, you know what? Let me show you what that looks like. I have this new app I just downloaded that shows anatomy and I can highlight the muscle and do whatever. So I bring my iPad over and I type in the code and Pornhub pops up on the screen. <laughs> Because I forgot to close. It's a the different window. kind of anatomy. Forgot to clo- <laughs> forgot yeah. to close the we're window. Gonna, we're going to take a much more uh, a deeper look at how the QL works. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah, it popped up and I real deep. I real quick. I closed it and I pret- and we both pretended like that never <laughs> happened. And I was just, just never discussed. Instant sweat yeah. inside my shirt. Just instant like oh. And I mean it was not good. It wasn't even like it wasn't. Soft core. Yeah, there's porn. there's no it way she didn't porn. see it. There's no way she Oh didn't. no, no, no. It was all the big screen and it was bad. And I was like, oh my God. Anyway, uh she didn't come back. She trained with me one time and started canceling sessions. And, that and that's it. why you don't watch porn, everyone <laughs> listening. Because it could you'll get caught. It could because you, you could get caught. That's, yeah. that's and, a, and leave it that, on your desktop. That's my yeah. most embarrassing actually story of my life and did not take place in a gym. It was my mom catching me. Uh, <laughs> I would have much head. rather yes. gotten caught by my yeah. mom yeah. than my client. Than, than you know? your, your grandma with, with, yeah. with your oh. picture on her fridge. Oh, right? oh my <laughs> God. It's terrible. So, Justin, what, what, what's your pet peeve and then your story? Yeah, my pet peeve, I think uh, it, it usually revolves around the guy that uh, basically creates his own circuit in the gym with all the pieces of equipment and is like, I'm over here, I'm working over there, I'm working over <laughs> here. So, again, like to Sal's point, like I would probably just work in on there and be like, well, you're not here right now, <laughs> you know, and, and just try to do They used to drive me crazy, and so I would just like re-rack everything that they had set up and all the stuff and – it's just like all of a sudden they turn the gym into their personal uh, workout set. It's one thing if the place is dead, right? I mean, yeah. oh, yeah. fine, go after it. But, you know, you're there prime no, time busy. and then you're trying to yeah. have six stations to move. It's There's never, always that guy that yeah. did that. And it's never the guy that knows what he's doing, by the way. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Five of the six yeah, exercises yeah. look terrible <laughs> yeah. on top of that. I'm like, what is this guy doing? Uh, yeah, and so for the uh, most embarrassing thing, I actually have a new story. I don't even know if I told the guys about this one yet, but uh, Adam, I think he knew, knows this. Client that I had, her name was Mary. She was a um, uh, a massage therapist, and so uh, you know we used to do trades and things. I get massages from her. She's a very chill person. Like like uh, her entire job and focus was about being you know relaxed and working through this. And so she appreciated working out with me because you know I would help her uh, you know in terms of her stamina and all kinds of stuff and strength when she would work on her clients. Um, and there was, there was a time where she started to really get into the strength training. She's like, Ooh, I like how this feels. And, and, uh, you know, really started to come in with some energy. And so we're out on the floor and, uh, you know, there's a bunch, we, I would take her into the weight training section, which there's a lot of bros that were in there at the time, like, you know, slamming weights and doing their thing. And so I'm like right next to them squatting with her and she kind of looks over and starts like going, yeah, and like, like making all these like loud noises. And then she started to swear. Like, I don't know if you swear in your show or not, but she was just like, ah, and like, in like, 
in their face, like to these guys that were like huge, was just like, ah, why? <laughs> I don't know. She like she just went crazy with it. Like she was just like, and ah. you and you never seen that side yeah, of her before, right? Never. And and uh, and the like, guys look at me like, hey, what are you doing? Like, what, why is she doing this to us? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know. She's really getting into it. You know, it was just so, awkward. A super awkward, unexpected. It wasn't even happening to you, really, but kind of no. was because you were part of it. She was like almost trying to intimidate them or something, and I'm like. <laughs> Who is this? That, what are you doing? that reminds me of my uh, my Tina Turner client. I had this chick that looked dead on to Tina Turner that I used to train when I was like twenty, and she would come in and she'd wear these like purple spandex pants, and she had the hair, the everything. She looked dead on to her. And when we would do squats, leg press, any big compound type of a, a lift, she would do these moans. Oh, would, I had a client like that. That would stop the whole gym. Sounds like she, seven uh, seconds. She, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. And all the guys would yeah. stop what they're doing and stand around. And I'm looking, you know, I'm trying to be the professional trainer. Knees out. Okay, slow down. And she's doing this. Don't let it phase you. Oh, yeah. Trying to be yeah. professional. Pretend like it's not a big deal. Because she wasn't trying to do that. That was like how she worked out. Yeah. Every time I, I trained her, like that. Real it she stopped would, every dude in the gym. She would make sounds like that, yeah. and then she'd say my name while she was doing it. <laughs> oh, oh, Sal, I don't, oh, Sal, oh. And I'm like, oh, my God. I was mad. You're, I was like, you're like secretly recording it. It was yeah. one of my first. Yeah. Was one of my first I'll, I'll use that later. Screw the porn hub. I got, I got the moaning. It was one of my first clients. He was 18 years old. Yeah, so I, was really young. Like, I was really young with this one, too. Untucked that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Oh, that's good stuff, man. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I like that you added in the, the, the extra well, one. Well, he reminded me yeah, when he right. started talking no, about just, the lady being loud. I was like, oh, I had a loud client. I, yeah. I, before before we get to the, what I want to go to next, I want to talk maps a little bit with you guys because that's that's big for you guys and what you're doing. But my, I just wanted to have a quick laugh about, I was thinking all while you guys are sharing, I'm like, what was one of mine? You know, And I'm thinking, wow, I think mine was when I was a general manager of a fitness and tennis center for several years. I was actually training there for years and I got the opportunity to manage. And uh, it was this guy who would, and we all know this guy, but he would come in and think his goal was to, you know, be able to peruse the gym and always put himself as close to the good looking women as possible so he could take it all in and you know so you would just kind of meander around the of machines course. and we're you know oh there's a, a girl on the adductor abductor you know whatever i'll, <laughs> oh I'll go God. do something near her so i can you know get a good look and i've thrown that pervert out a few times you, you have right <laughs> uh, yeah. well this guy would not wear underwear he would wear like you know no, uh, no insert shorts yeah. and he would use I know the where this is going. he would yes he would use the selectorized leg press machine and sure enough, some of his appendages would kind of make their way out of his pant leg a little. Hey, you said gum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and more than, on more than one occasion, oh, someone wow. would be like, I cannot believe what I just saw. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, yeah, I know. It's, um, you just walk over and you give it a hard flick. He'll yeah, never. I, know, I, know, I, would, I did think about the, the, the flick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm wearing underwear. I'll tell you. But, you, you know, you're like, wow, I, I didn't realize that they could kind of get that lengthy. You oh, know? And, but it was almost like there was a, a farm animal uh, <laughs> on the machine. You know, but I, anyway, it, it was I guess it was just there, a regular. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it was a regular embarrassing moment for me, really, because this guy was a, a regular member. And we would be very yeah. politely be like, uh, you, you're showing a yeah. little bit too much. Yeah, here. Your trouser right? snake is hanging out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he, he would fix the problem or get off the machine and, and, and hope, you know, we'd pray the next day maybe he would catch on. But 
Anyway, I, I guess I probably should have just <laughs> mandated like he couldn't uh, come back ever. I've but kicked out a few people like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so actually that's more, com- a, more common than you think. It's always a very totally. interesting conversation, too, every time. It, it, it is. It's awkward. And, and they're typically never under the age of, you know, let's say 65 oh, or 70. Yeah. They're typically older men, you know, and it's kind of, well, I guess they're, uh, that's their moment of glory. Our team would like to thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. And if you're enjoying today's show, please share this episode with at least one friend or family member who will benefit from this message. And please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Go to strongbydesignpodcast.com. That's strongbydesignpodcast.com. Let's get back to the show. This could be a shared conversation here. I'd love for you guys, for our listeners to know a little bit more about what you guys do. Obviously, you are, uh, you know, workout and program creators. You help people in all different ways with the with, with your designed uh, with your designed workout programs. Tell them a little bit more about this, uh, the map uh, maps fitness programs. So we, there's there's quite a few programs that we have now for for different people. Uh, but maps is an acronym, and it stands for Muscular Adaptation Programming System. And and one of the reasons why we named it that was, um, you know, m- a lot of the workouts, especially the mainstream workouts, were really focused on how sore they can make you, how much you can sweat, and how hard they feel. When really the entire goal of a workout is to to trigger the adaptation process, um, to get your muscles to want to get stronger, to build, to speed up your metabolism, to burn body fat, to improve mobility. Essentially, the workout is the signal. That triggers the changes that happen in your body. And most of the workouts that are out there, especially in the mainstream fitness space, really that is not the goal at all. It's all about uh, is the client going to get sore? Is the person going to sweat a lot? And are they going to love the music that we're playing with our, you know, our cowboy urban hip hop class or whatever you know, type of workout it is? So, yeah. so MAPS <laughs> workouts are designed uh, to be effective and to be truly effective, not just hard, but to actually work. It's the way... Uh, trainers design uh, workouts. It's uh, the programs designed to get your body to change and respond. And what people typically notice when they follow the program is it feels uh, more effortless than maybe other mainstream programs. Uh, oftentimes the comments are, you know, this isn't as hard as the, as the programs I've done before, um, but uh, my body's responding. It's changing. It's getting leaner. I'm getting stronger. And really, that's what we try to communicate on the podcast. If you do the right things, your body will want to get in shape. And I think there's uh, been this kind of miscommunication, and maybe because it sounds sexy, uh, but it's wrong, that you need to force your body. You have to force your body to get it to change. This just isn't true. You just have to send it the right signal, create the right environment, and then it starts to happen. And in my experience, and anybody you ever talk to who's, who's been you know, either a coach for a long time or who's been working out a long time themselves, the best progress or results they ever got, it, it felt almost natural. Like, wow, this is really working. My body is responding. It didn't feel like they had to push through and scrape and grind. And there's always value. There's some value in that, in, in doing that. But for the average person, really what it's all about is can we give them a program that requires minimal time but maximizes their results and their progress, and that's what you get with the with the maps workout programs. And there's a bunch of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's mean, a lot of there's them. a lot. Thirteen now, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, what are they all? Um, 
What's is there a similar timeline uh, for for most of these? They're similar, right? So most of them are are phased in three or four different phases, right? So we we phase out of rep ranges and we and exercises in every single program, but they're they're designed for you know the general population that has a a kind of a specific goal in mind, right? So like strength and boosting your metabolism is kind of your maps anabolic. You have your performance which is somebody who's more mobility focused or sports performance just wants to improve that overall. <clears throat> you have maps aesthetic, which is someone who's geared more to sculpting, shaping the body different. Uh, you have maps strong, which is somebody who really wants to focus on strength building or like your strongman unconventional type of lifts. We've got maps OCR. So if you're an obstacle course racer and you're training for Spartan or one of those, uh, you've got that. We've got maps starter for someone who's really deconditioned is not ready for like barbell lifts, but doing some stability ball and dumbbell work where we would probably start a lot of our, you know, first time clients at, um, you've got maps prime and prime pro, which is a lot of like your assessment, correctional posture type stuff that you, uh, you brought up earlier about your guys's, um, that's in there. Uh, what am I missing? Oh, maps power lift. So if you're very specific, you're into uh, power lifting and you want to get do your first meet. Map suspension, maps hit. So mm-hmm. yeah, map suspension. We just added that in there as another alternative because right now the gyms are closed. And so, you know, there's got to be other ways too that uh, we can provide a simple workout that's really effective. And so map suspension is one of those and, you know, maps hit as well. So maps hit, we actually released a bit later because that tends to be like one of those buttons that people push right away because it's attractive it's really intense and it's you know it's but a lot of people didn't do the prerequisites to kind of build themselves up to be able to handle that so we caution people with it but we know there's demand there and so we actually also wrapped in uh you know these mobility days in between to really like consider their joint health and everything as well well we really wrote all of them too geared towards you know general pop not the you know super specific person who wants like incredible detail and pull their calculator out and tracking volume for me. We we took like okay all the clients that we trained and the types of things that they would come in and say to us. Oh, I have this Spartan race I want to do. Me and my friend want to sign up for the first time. How should I train? Well, what would that look like for that person? Mm-hmm. This is not the for Ben Greenfield to do. And Ben Greenfield understands his body is on a whole nother level. His training, his measuring, is doing all this stuff. It's really to introduce all the general population to all these different training modalities that everybody should do. You know, mm-hmm. that was one of the things that we saw in our space was the one thing that I, I think I, I like the least about our, our industry is uh, we have these silos like, you know, oh, you're a strength guy. Oh, I'm a bodybuilding guy. Oh, you're a, you're a, a CrossFit guy. Oh, you're an OC. Like we have these camps that we get into and we all want to uh, and, and the, the, the highest level of all those camps want to argue about whose camp is better you know why is why is who's my more right yeah my bodybuilding camp is better than your strength camp and we and we want to we want to get in these debates of which modality is the best and the reality is that all of them are beautiful and all of them are great and all of them attribute to overall health and strength and and your fitness journey and we encourage everybody to go through all of it you shouldn't just follow one way of training because almost any modality that you solely follow all the time will lead to issues and problems if you don't move out of yeah, it. Yeah, and ideally, and that was the goal. Ideally, you if you listen to the podcast or you want to, you want lifelong fitness. You we have enough programs to give you more than a year of programming through different ways of training, and and that's what a lot of people do. They'll follow Maps Anabolic, 
then they'll move to maps performance, then maps aesthetic, then maybe be able to do maps strong, and then oh, I'm going to try maps suspension. And what you end up with is a very fit, capable, mobile, lean body. And you don't, your risk of injury is low because you're not stuck in one modality for so long. It's fun because, you know, for this three months, I'm focused on, you know, hypertrophy. And the next three months, I'm focused on performance. And that's a new focus. And that's Mm -hmm. fun. That's different. Um, And through the process, you learn more about your body. You learn how to train. You learn really all that resistance training in particular, but generally what fitness can provide uh, your body. And so that's what we really tried to do by designing all these different, you know, MAPS workout programs. Yeah, the best, the best of everything, and uh, it, it's true. It's uh, when you keep things changing uh, in your training. That's what it kind of makes the next week's workout, or you know, it keeps things fun and keeps you stimulated. And if you're not enjoying what you're doing, you're not going to stick with it. Mm-hmm. And that's where so many people they things get stale and they start to you know plateau and they don't see results like they once did when they first got started. And that's when they start throwing in the towel and losing the love for it. But if you transition from one style to another, and then you kind of just have a healthy rotation through things. That's right. That's, mm-hmm. that, that's what I've found has kept me even. I mean, I love movement. I love it. But I, I even for me, I got to, okay, maybe I'm going to do some more kettlebell work, you know, for the next few weeks. Or I'm going to do more turf drills. I want to feel more athletic in my movements. You know, like I found myself one day a few months ago. Remember the old drill, uh, if you guys ever played uh, football, where you'd lay on your back and it was like the fumble drill. Mm-hmm. And they throw the ball, and you have to pop up from the ground and run and, and curl around the ball and beat the guy next to you. It was like a who can get to the ball fastest drill. Mm-hmm. And I was just doing it by myself. But I'm like, gosh, even that is hard now. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm just about to hit 45 years old. And I'm like, it felt a lot better at 16, you yeah. know. <laughs> but, you know, I want to still be able to do that crap. You know, yeah. my, my, my son's nine, you know, and I think I can't stop and think, you know, five years from now I'm going to be like 50. I still want to be able to go out and throw the ball and move with him and sure. be athletic. I, I don't want to be this freaking dad. Everything hurts and my knees are shot and all that stuff. I want to move. And so I, that's why I, I gravitate from eh, strength is fine now. Let me get good at body weight stuff now. Yeah. You know, let me get, I love suspension. You know, my mm-hmm. wife loves that too. You know, I do yoga once a week right. because I suck at it. Yeah. And I've been doing it for three years and I still suck at it. But I do it because I know my thoracic spine is only going to get worse from here. You're going to so benefit from it. I'm going to benefit from it. Well, so. Justin alluded earlier that most people that would come in to see us want to see change in their body, right? And one of the things that we're always trying to communicate is that one of the best ways that you can see change is by switching up your modality. If, you, if you're familiar with the gym and you're like, you know, in and out for three to five years with inconsistencies, but you feel like you know your way around the gym, but you always kind of gravitate towards this type of programming all the time, the best thing that you could do to really accelerate your results and change your body faster is move to a modality that's completely foreign and novel to mm-hmm. your body. That's where you'll get the greatest adaptation. And so most people that you get that say, hey, I want to look a certain way, at first they don't think, Oh, uh, why would I want MAPS performance? I'm not an athlete. I don't want to train that way. I was like, well, that's exactly why. You always tend to train more like this bodybuilder. So us move, making you do these movements that are unilateral, different planes, doing things that are going to challenge your body in different ways, it's going to burn the most fat. It's going to build the most muscle because it's so foreign to the body. And so we're always trying to communicate that to the general population of how important it is, no matter what you gravitate. In fact, if you love a certain way of training, the, realistically, you probably need to move out of that into something else if you want the most results. Yeah, 
No doubt about it. That's awesome. I really appreciate you guys uh, taking the time, uh, first and foremost, sitting down with me and just having a fun conversation. Uh, I get to know you better. Uh, it provides amazing content to the people listening. I want to ask uh, before that people can f- where, where they can find you. What's what's next for Mind Pump right now? Like, is there something around the corner, or what's getting you guys extra excited? Is there something coming in twenty twenty one? What what what? What's- we just we just started something new where uh, we our most popular episodes are what we call our qua episodes, and these are episodes where the first half of it is a, an intro portion where we talk about current events, and you know we. We have a lot of fun conversation. It's the entertainment portion. The back half, we answer questions uh, that we we get pulled from our Instagram page. But we just started now answering live questions. So we have a caller call in, and then we get to talk to them and ask them questions and answer that live. So that's new. We're all really excited about that. It's kind of uh, injected the podcast, or at least us, mm-hmm. with excitement because now we get to go – you know, because – in fitness, someone might ask a question, but you know, as a trainer, you need to ask more questions yeah. to get deeper to be able to answer it properly. What's the context? And we do that now with these live uh, episodes. So those are a lot of fun. Um, you know, we want the podcast to get uh, eff- big enough, effective enough, and popular enough so that we can get off all social media and just do that. That's to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Uh, we do social media because it's it builds it's part of supporting the business. But we would love to, at some point, get to the point where we don't need to do any of that. We just do the podcast, and that's it, um, and enjoy ourselves. This is the, our favorite part uh, of what we do, um, besides some of the stuff we do you know, in the background. It's kind of like the one thing. You know, there's, a, there's a great book, and a, the author's uh, name escapes me at the moment, but it's the one thing that you can focus on that's your priority, yeah. you know, first thing in the day, and you give that. Your, your first fruits. You give that all your effort and your energy. And for you guys, obviously, it's the podcast, right? Yeah. But all that other stuff, like you're saying, getting off of all the other social channels, you know, uh, that stuff can be run by, you know, by someone else anyway, right. you know, so where you guys are just pretty much out of it completely. And so you can just all do what you're awesome at and put all your, all your fire and all your efforts into that one thing. And other stuff can just be on standby. We call it, uh, what, what do we call it? Um, Good uh, getmo is what we call it. We we learned this from Greg Gro- uh, Craig Groeschel, who's a an amazing. Uh, he's a he's a pastor, but it's just a motivational guy, real smart. And it's good enough to move on type mm. stuff in your business where mm. it, it's at a good level. But you know what? That's a side issue now. We're not going to invest our time and efforts in it. You know, let's. <laughs> what really get fills us up is our podcast. So let's maximize how much time we're doing that. 99.9% of the time, that's everything in, that we're doing. Yeah, I'd say we were pretty excited too about what's happening on the back end too. It's not, it's what everybody can't see. Um, you know, once, once the podcast started to get traction, the programs uh, as far as sales online and digital marketing started to really take off, then the next thing was how can we service these people better? Um, so even though when we first started, the podcast was the big top of the funnel for us, uh, it's not anymore. Uh, our digital marketing and, and Facebook ads and all that stuff actually drives more traffic and revenue of the business. And the challenge that when that happened that we felt was these weren't listeners. And so you just came in maybe on a guide or a blog or something that you, so you did, you haven't got the hours and hours of us talking in your ear. Where those, so anybody who bought a program and who's listened to 50 plus episodes of Mind Pump, they're well taken care of. I think we all felt like it's like we've communicated so much of this. We're giving them the tools on here to like how to apply it to these programs and change it if they need to. 
where we had the the biggest challenge the last couple of years was how about this lady who just read a blog, you know, that somebody else wrote for us. Like we have bloggers that are constantly writing for us that comes into our ecosystem and buys a program and is like clueless. You know, why did we put it in this order? And you know, why this, why that? So we have a customer service side on the back end that helps answer all those questions. And you know, a couple, what a year and a half ago, we invested in HubSpot, which we believe to be one of the best CRMs that are out there. And what we're getting good at is being able to really figure out where where are what was missing in our business to support those people. And kind of start to automate that so that when you come into the ecosystem, you get something like that, that they just get the same kind of value that we added into the podcast to our listeners, which was originally the top of the funnel. We're trying to add that kind of value to these people that are coming into the email marketing sequences and stuff like that to make sure that, again, the same way we led with this, which was give, 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 value, value, value before we ever ask for anything in return. We're trying to get to that level with that, with all the marketing on the other side of the business. That excites me and excites me to see it evolve. It's been really cool to see what it was like two years ago, where it is today, and then where it's going to be hopefully in another year. I mean, we're really trying to build this thing into like for AI to where someone can ask a question and we've already answered it a hundred different times, a hundred different ways. And they automatically get all that information for free sent to them. So they get that experience of feeling like we have just over delivered on our content. Yeah. Over delivery is, is, is a great uh, strategy, a great goal. Uh, People buy something and then you're just hitting them with bonuses and all these extra things that that weren't even sold on you're just you're just giving them more than they can even ask for and uh obviously guys just with with your content you're doing that you're helping so many people we're the best uh where would you like our listeners to go obviously they got to listen to your show so if they just type in whatever platform they listen to a podcast Mm -hmm. type in mind pump and you will find them uh what are some of the other platforms that uh, you'd love people to uh find out more about you we have we Consume all of our free stuff as much as possible. Obviously, the podcast is a lot of free mm-hmm. information. We have a YouTube channel, Mind Pump TV, tons and tons of fitness videos on there. And then there's mindpumpfree.com. Uh, we have a lot of guides uh, on things from you know how to burn body fat, how to improve your squat, how to work on your golf swing, how to you know uh, alleviate back pain or whatever. Uh, mindpumpfree.com, tons of free content. Consume all of it. It's all there to give back to the community. Um, so I'd say check that out. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yep. Justin Andrews, Sal yeah. DiStefano, and my man, uh, Adam Schaefer to my left, and uh, Doug, uh, who made this all happen. Doug the DJ. Doug the DJ. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really genuinely appreciate all you guys. Uh, great to get to know you a little bit, and I uh, hope this isn't the last time we're able to connect. Uh, really a blessing. Uh, so grateful for, for all of you. Awesome. Thanks man. a lot for having us on. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And, Thank you, listeners, for checking out the Strong by Design podcast. We know you have a lot of other options out there like Mind Pump, and I do encourage you to make them one of your go-to podcasts. We do ask that you give uh, uh, just a moment of your time for a a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to this podcast. It does help us move up and uh, make us more visible. And so we greatly appreciate just that that quick step uh, uh, that, that you can take to help this show become even better and bigger. And uh, we just thank you. Have an amazing rest of the week, an awesome weekend. And we'll come back to you next week on Wednesday. As always, God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe so that more people can find out about our show. 
Plus, you don't want to miss any future episodes with the amazing guests and topics we have lined up for you. 